0: Welcome to today's episode of the new science of physical health, where we've got one mission in mind, how to help you and the people that you care about to outsmart sickness, disease and premature death. Let's dive into it right now in today's episode. Hi everybody, thank you so much for joining me back here for the first episode of 2023 for the new science of physical health. We're going to start right into the core mission of the program, what it was for last year and the previous year. Now, as we enter into the third year, and we're now having listeners in 91 different countries, which I'm so excited about. It's unbelievable. And that core mission of the new science of physical health and my Outsmart book. Smart classroom and outsmart health lab there are links in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this episode a link to those three things the outsmart platform outsmarting sickness disease and premature death where the mission is this it's really simple all of what i'm driven to do convert complex medical research from phds about how to be physically healthy into simple lessons we can all use It's based on my 37 years of work as a health and physical education teacher in Australian schools and the more than past decade, almost 12 years now, where I've interviewed, worked with and consulted with more than 100 PhDs in disciplines like medicine, cardiology, exercise physiology, oncology, vascular medicine, uh, open heart surgery, molecular biology, metabolic disease and many more. So we're going to dive into... A brand new piece of research that, as you can see in the title, came out on December 29th, 2022. The lead medical researcher in this particular case is Dr. Barry A. Franklin, a preventative cardiologist and cardiac rehabilitation specialist from Beaumont Health in Royal Oak, Michigan. The really... uh Cool thing about this episode, but what you're about to hear is not only am I going to dive into the core mission starting off the year, but you're going to hear from the lead professor. It's about half a dozen professors who've put this paper together in the American Journal of Preventative Cardiology, fresh, hot off the presses, converting the medical research of this into simple lessons that we can all use. So Dr. Franklin's the lead author, but I've interviewed Dr. Franklin. You're going to hear from him very, very shortly. So I'm really excited about that. But let's look at the title. This title is outrageous. I love this title. Now, I'm going to break the title down in just a moment, but here it is. Probably the longest title, by the way, of any medical research I've read for a long time. Physical Activity, Cardiorespiratory Fitness, and Cardiovascular Health. A Clinical Practice Statement of the American Society for Preventative Cardiology, Part 2. Physical Activity, Cardiorespiratory Fitness, Minimum and Goal Intensities for Exercise Training, Prescriptive Methods and Special Patient Populations. Don't get turned. That's it. That's the title. Don't get turned off by the length of that title because I'm about to break that down. So here's the opening abstract from... from this medical research, which is hot off the presses, that fits the core mission of what I want to do, the new science of physical health, this program, and the OutSmart book, OutSmart Classroom, and OutSmart Health Lab. Here's the abstract. The prescription of exercise for individuals with and without cardiovascular disease should be scientifically based, yet adapted to the patient. Now, if you followed my program for a long time, you know that on a worldwide basis, in almost every country, cardiovascular events are the number one cause of sickness, number one cause of disease, and number one cause of premature death. This statement reviews, this research that I'm about to go through, the clinical and physiologic basis for the prescription of exercise with specific reference to the volume of physical activity and level of CRF that confers significant and optimal cardioprotective benefits. So that's the opening abstract of this research paper. But what does all that actually mean? What are the optimal, according to this latest research that's come out of the Journal of Preventative Cardiology? Now, I'll just make a point. Before I go through and answer the question I'm about to ask, what are those benefits? So what are the optimal cardioprotective benefits? What are they? Before I go through that, I want to hammer home this particular point. The correct dose of physical activity will be able to lower your clinical risk. And I talk about that not in this episode, but we're going to go throughout the rest of the year, but a little bit on this episode, what the correct dose of physical activity is prescribed specifically to you or any cohort that you're a part of, like you might be responsible for a large workplace or a, a large education institution, or a, whatever it might be, where you work with hundreds and hundreds of people. So there's a correct dose of physical activity for every single person. But before I get to that and what those cardioprotective benefits are, and what all what that opening statement actually means, I wanna I want to I don't, I don't like using that I want to I want to I'll slow down a little bit. Australians quite often have that nature where we speak very quickly, and a lot of the time people around the world can't understand us because we're not very, sometimes not too eloquent. So I'll slow it down. I want to touch on this point. If you drive down your clinical risk for cardiovascular events, heart attack, stroke, End stage organ failure, high blood pressure, um, you know, kidney disease, all those different things. If you drive down your clinical risk using the correct dose of physical activity, it has a cascading impact of also driving down your clinical risk for all causes of sickness, disease, and premature death related to lifestyle. Make sense? But if you tackle this one first because it's the biggest one out there, it's the one that you're most likely going to suffer from by far and away. If you tackle that first, you have cascading impact until all the other leading causes of sickness, disease, and premature death. We call it all-cause mortality, mortality meaning death. So what are these benefits, cardioprotective benefits, of the correct prescription, as it says in the opening statement of this research, the correct prescription of exercise for individuals with or without cardiovascular disease. Okay, it's too huge. The answer to that question, what are those cardioprotective benefits? Too huge in number for me to put into in this episode. Way too huge. However, as you, if you follow my education work, this is how I lay it out. I have frameworks, strategies, and tactics that will answer that, that question. What are those benefits from the correct, first of all, what is the correct prescription of physical activity? I have a framework for that. In my Outsmart book, Classroom and Health Lab, I the core foundation of it are six different modules and three frameworks in each module, adding up to 18 different frameworks. And one of those frameworks is the what is the correct prescription of physical activity for individuals with or without cardiovascular disease, number one cause of sickness, disease and death. But coming back to what are those benefits, they're too huge for me to go through. I have put them into two frameworks inside the OutSmart platform. So inside the book, classroom and health lab, there's two frameworks. Framework number one, which goes through all of, teaches you all of the major be, cardioprotective benefits from the correct prescription of exercise for you, framework number one is called the molecular benefit map. Framework number two is called the impact quadrant. These two frameworks teach you the structural and functional changes that will happen to every person who follows the research from this paper that I'm now examining From that, where the lead author, the lead researcher is Dr. Barry A. Franklin. So what is the, I call it the meat and potatoes. What is the the main part of the meal of this 16-page medical research paper? So here is the overriding message of this research paper, but just happens to be, because I chose it, the overriding message for 2023. I'll read it out, and then I'll break it down a little bit by actually introducing you to and giving you about four minutes of Dr. Franklin in his own words speaking to me about what I'm going to read out about, read out just now. So the overriding message of this research paper and my overriding message of 2023, here it is. Numerous epidemiological analysis combined with evidence of biological plausibility support... A cause and effect relationship between increased physical activity and CRF levels. I call that your heart fitness score. Medical doctors call it your cardiorespiratory fitness levels. So support a cause and effect relationship between increased physical activity and your CRF levels and reduced cardiovascular disease mortality. Consequently, low levels of CRF have now been designated as a clinical vital sign or risk factor for cardiovascular disease and a strong prognostic indicator in exercise-based cardiac rehabilitation. Exercise training as a subcategory of physical activity, so you've got, for example, a planned physical activity, you've also got exercise, uh, so unplanned physical activity, But exercise training, dedicated physical activity sessions as a subcategory of physical activity is defined this way as any structured intervention to increase or maintain your CRF score. I'm not going to go into CRF in this particular episode. That is also a framework in one of the 18 frameworks inside the OutSmart book, OutSmart Health Lab and OutSmart Classroom. The other way around, classroom, then health lab. That's the order of progression of getting access to things. So physical activity is defined as any structured intervention to increase or maintain your CRF score, this incredibly important medical biomarker that will then decrease the incidence of chronic disease and improve physical performance and health outcomes. Physical activity or structured exercise is typically assessed by questionnaires, step counts, pedometers, something called an accelerometer, or via, I love this part, this next part I'm in love with, via a relatively new fitness metric termed your PI score, capital P-A-I score. PI is derived from cumulative fluctuations in your heart rate over the most recent seven days to provide an uh, approximation of the relative intensity of physical activity and associated energy expenditure. Studies in both primary and secondary prevention for cardiovascular disease have shown that participants with a weekly PI score of greater than 100 demonstrate a lower risk of all-cause mortality. Now. There's a lot to break down there. One of the major frameworks inside the Outsmart Book Classroom and Health Lab is called the Influencer Framework. And the the lead question on this, so they're all diagrams, by the way. When I say frameworks, I mean diagrams. So you can go to um, some of the, the website links in here, and you'll see some of the diagrams on the websites ready to go. And... One of the diagrams is called the Influencer Framework. And the lead question in that diagram is, based on the six images in this diagram, without any prior knowledge, which one do you think has the most influence over your clinical risk of a cardiovascular event and all causes of sickness, disease, premature death? So those things six things are your CRF score, which is a biomarker, which we don't explain here in this episode, Um, high blood pressure, high blood cholesterol, high blood glucose, smoking, and obesity. Those are the six things. Out of those six things I just mentioned, CRF score, high blood pressure, high blood glucose, high blood cholesterol, obesity, and smoking, which one of those six has the most influence of all of those, out of those six things, over your clinical risk of a cardiovascular event, but also heart attacks and strokes, also all cause mortality. And this research paper that I'm leading off with for the start of the year from Dr. Franklin says that people, prime both primary and secondary prevention, has shown that participants with a weekly PI score of greater than 100 demonstrate a lower risk of all-cause mortality. We can guarantee that if your PI score, your personal activity intelligence score is, if that's over 100 per week on a rolling seven days, we can guarantee that your molecular benefit map improvements and your um, impact quadrant improvements the structural and functional improvements in your blood vessel network, your heart muscle, lining of your arteries, the flow of your blood, all of these different things, the rhythm of your heart, will at, will be at the lowest possible risk of sickness, disease and premature death. The question then becomes, how do you learn about your CRF score? That's a complex thing. I break it down very simply inside my frameworks, my diagrams. Then I give you strategies on how to improve it. And then I give you the actual tactics. So that's how my education works. Frameworks, for 18 different frameworks, a series of strategies, and then a series of tactics that actually work. So how do you improve your CRF score? What's the correct prescription for you as an individual that gives you the lowest possible risk of sickness, disease, and premature death? or any individual that you care about. And then finally, how do you track and raise your PI score? We have a framework for that as well. So what I've done over the past two years is pull all this complex, like this paper, I couldn't believe this came to me on December 29th this year in an email because it pulls together all the things I've been working on for the past two years of wanting to improve For individuals, wanting to get you engaged and wanting to get you hooked into, wanting to you to fall in love with, improving your own personal physical health status, and helping others to do the same. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. To help solidify what I've just spoken about, and just all I've done is touch on this. I haven't gone into in-depth, but to give you a little bit more in-depth, I want to give you about four minutes of Dr. Barry A. Franklin. One of the most preeminent cardiologists, research cardiologists in the world, who happens to be the lead researcher on this particular paper. Let's listen to Dr. Franklin, who I interviewed, speaking to me about some of the topics that I've just gone through, and then I'll come back and wrap up this episode.
1: Uh, okay so, so I, I can I can speak fairly rapidly right uh, and, and address your questions the, right. the, the first two that you had yeah are um, is, is fitness more critical than some of the traditional bio risk biomarkers for health yeah and if one does improve their cardiorespiratory fitness score will that have a positive impact on other chronic conditions is this a fair educational statement yeah. let me give you my answer to that number number one, uh, uh, the background for cardiorespiratory fitness is what we call peak METs or metabolic equivalents. Yep. As we're on the phone this morning, you and I are both at one MET, which means we're consuming one unit of oxygen. Uh, we can measure energy expenditure in terms of METs. So if someone is at 10 METs, it means they're taking in 10 times the energy expenditure at rest. Now, now to your point, it, it, Peak Mets is in fact more critical than many traditional biomarkers for health. Yes, it beats traditional risk factors. That is obesity, diabetes, hypertension, and high cholesterol as a prognostic indicator. Uh, The original study, one of the original studies that showed that was a a friend of mine, Dr. John Myers, a a VA in Palo Alto, California. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, he published that in the New England Journal Mm -hmm. of Medicine in 2002. So yes, peak meds, cardiorespiratory fitness does beat traditional risk factors. Now moving on to your question, uh, the fact of the matter is increased physical activity and or increased cardiorespiratory fitness unequivocally reduce the risk for chronic disease. Uh, A classic study uh, that I oftentimes cite in my presentations was done at the Cooper Clinic in Dallas, Texas. They looked at uh, men. They looked at low-fit men versus high-fit men. It was a six-year follow-up. What did they find? Relative to low-fit men had a two-fold, twice the risk for developing impaired fasting glucose, over that six-year follow-up period, and a 3.7-fold increased risk for, diabe- com- uh, for developing diabetes compared with the high-fit group. We can do that for almost any chronic condition. So yes, uh, low-fit people are at higher risk for developing cardiovascular disease and other chronic diseases. Three other key points on this first question. Each one-met increase, Shane, in in METs decreases mortality on average by 16%. Wow. So each one-met increase in fitness, expressed as METs, decreases the mortality by about 16%. Second major point here is that at any given risk factor profile, being unfit increases the risk of death two to three fold in every follow-up study to date once again at any given risk factor profile i take two guys the same age both have high cholesterol that's the only thing they have the unfit person is two to three times more likely to die of cardiovascular disease uh, in follow-up and lastly a very hot area right now is coronary calcium. Yeah. The higher your coronary calcium, the, the evidence indicates that you're developing what's called early cardiovascular disease. And a new study that came out from the Cleveland Clinic, show, or from the Cooper Clinic, yep. showed that being fit decreased the risk of cardiac events and mortality at any given coronary calcium level. Wow. Once again, being fit Decrease the risk of cardiac events and mortality at any given coronary calcium level. So, I think that adequately addresses the first
0: two yeah. points you sent me. All right, that is fantastic. I, like I'm, so, I was so excited when Dr. Franklin wrote back to me and said that he would be interviewed on this show and his wisdom and just his authoritative um, position based on real world research, not just real world thought bubble, but real world research. So here's what I'm interested in doing as I wrap up this episode here. As you start the new year, if you're listening to this new year, or if you're listening to it halfway through the year, but as you're listening to this, and I'm recording it at the start of the year, I want you to think about something, a term, and I put this in capital letters in my notes, called happiness. Now, there are some common factors that tend to contribute to happiness for most people. Here we go. I've written this out for a reason. You'll see why in a moment. Positive emotions and feelings such as joy, contentment, gratitude, strong social connections and a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose or meaning in life, accomplishments and a sense of progress or achievement, and finally a sense of control over one's circumstances. Now, it's important to note that happiness is a subjective experience. What brings happiness to one person may not be the same for another. And it's also important, we know it's not, it's also important to recognize that happiness is not a constant state and it's normal to experience ups and downs. But a physical health catastrophe brought on by things like obesity diabetes the incorrect dose of physical activity the incorrect dose of macronutrients over an extended period of time these catastrophes most often show up as heart attacks strokes high blood pressure end-stage organ failure kidney disease high blood cholesterol high blood sugars and they often become life-threatening there's an When I think about this, those things that I just read out about what gives us happiness, there's two things I highlighted in there, two things I put yellow highlight on. Strong social connections and a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose or meaning in life. Because here's what my premise is and the foundation of why I want to teach lessons to people, frameworks, strategies and tactics, and create deep engagement and deep knowledge leading to deep changes and deep improvements in your physical health outcomes. But if this is my premise. If you don't follow the guidelines and the recommendations, if you don't get engaged in understanding the framework about CRF scores, I call it the influencer framework inside my Outsmart Book Health Lab and Classroom. Outsmart Book Classroom and Health Lab, I've got to say it in that order. I'm a bit rusty at the start of the year here. Um, but if you don't un- understand the framework of Pi Health and how to track that and how to utilise the content inside our our smart platform and you don't start to do that, you are going to be at much, much higher risk of those sickness, disease and premature death and all cause mortality. But it'll interfere with... Your strong social connections and sense of belonging, and interfere with my father's life and and his strong sense of social connection and sense of belonging. I'll show, talk. I'll go through that in just a second. How did it interfere with it? Because he didn't learn those frameworks. He didn't learn how how to outsmart obesity, cardiovascular events, diabetes, metabolic disease. No one ever taught him. He left school in his thirteen. I'll come to that in a second. I'm jumping ahead. But it also will interfere with a sense of purpose or meaning in life. If you don't raise your CRF scores, if you don't understand how to track your PI Health scores. So what? as I record this episode, it marks the 34th year that my father passed away when he was just 46 years old from a sudden, massive and unexpected heart attack. I was 23 years old. Life for our family should have been so much different. As you and I journey together this year, I've got a goal to reach 10,000 listeners per episode of this program by the end of 2023. The end of 2024, I want it to reach 100,000 listeners per episode. By the time I roll around to the end of 2025, you guessed it, I, want, I need it to be a million listeners per episode. And we're well on our way with currently listeners across 91 countries right now as I record this. So I need your help to share this with others, especially your workplace, wherever you work. I have a very special offer for workplaces for the OutSmart Classroom. There's a link in here called the OutSmart Classroom in the show notes, or wherever you're listening to this episode. Click on that link, it'll take you straight to the Outcla- OutSmart Classroom. But that OutSmart Classroom link to workplaces, that's gonna help raise our numbers to a million people, much more quickly than otherwise. That's why I am emphasizing the Outsmart Classroom. Well, I'll keep you updated on the progress that we need, that we're going, that we're making towards that one million as we get to the end of 2025. If it comes faster, fantastic. We need to help people out there today who are just like my father that I mentioned a moment ago, but not in any detail. Right now, there are millions and millions and millions of people who don't know how to outsmart. Obesity, heart disease, diabetes, and metabolic disease, the things that threaten their life. When you share this episode and you get them streaming it from their phones, that'll soon change. They will begin to become engaged. I created this program, The New Science of Physical Health, as if I was giving it to my dad 40 years ago. Remember, this is the 34th anniversary of his passing away from a sudden, massive, unexpected heart attack. But... It is six years before that. It was 40 years ago. And he was busy being a house painter. He was a working class man who, as I mentioned, left school at the age of 13. He was never taught to outsmart any of the diseases I've just mentioned. If I don't get this program into the hands of 1 million people per episode, then families around the globe will suffer the same way that my family did. It altered our destiny for the worse. When my father died that day at 3 p.m. out of nowhere of a sudden and massive heart attack standing next to my mother when he was 46 years old, she was 45, and they were actually standing looking at buying their next home. Can you believe that? They were planning ahead, but his sense of belonging and our belonging, that ended that, that that moment. And I got a phone call 30 minutes later because I wasn't there. I didn't live in the town at that time. And everything that gave him purpose was over because a cardiovascular event interfered with it and ended his life. But it shouldn't have happened if they'd been taught how to outsmart it because this research paper that I've just talked about and alluded to and given you with Dr. Franklin, proves categorically, as he said in his own words, that you will drive down your clinical risk to the maximum amount possible. So let's do this. Let's get this program to 10,000 listeners per episode this year. Let's help them to outsmart sickness, disease, and premature death together.